This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. There's a door behind Dale Jr., and the door is shut. In the middle of this interview, the door is shut. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the door swings open, and there's Sawmill, double fisting, yep. and he stumbles into the interview. And, looks, and at what point did you realize you just busted up in the middle of that interview? Oh, right when I, like, <laughs> come through the door, because I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> You're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Heath White. Welcome back. We are here for another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. Heath is uh, Heath is sitting next to me, and he uh, he felt like I needed to do the intro to, to bring some enthusiasm to it, to get everybody pumped up yeah. and ready for the show. I think you did okay. What do you think, first name? I thought you did a great job. I mean, we could do it again and make them suffer through listening to that one more time I if I need to up the ante a little bit. I think one time's enough. That was good. We've had three straight weeks of lots of enthusiasm. So we have. We have. And, and it's you know what? I feel like it's changed. That, that's coming through on Twitter as we're reading responses and things like It's coming through. So we're, we're feeling the enthusiasm today. We owe this all to Heath White. Well, how's that? And first name has talked within the first 10 minutes of the show for the first time in a long time. See what I did there? there I tried to get him started early. Roped him in. Roped him in. Well, actually, first name's going to take on a bigger role here in the next couple of weeks because uh, someone's going on vacation. Uh-oh. So, I mean, does oh, this mean right. it's going to be up to me and first name to, to carry this ship and it, uh, it may be. I've got some guide guests, it in the right direction? I've got some or? guests lined up for you guys, maybe a guest host here and there, but I, I expect I expect to hear good things in the next few weeks. Hey, there's no doubt in my mind that we can do this. <laughs> if Heath can do it, we can do it. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna, it's if gonna I can do it, a monkey can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Those shows are going to top Tyler and Dale's episode in terms right. of numbers. Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't know. Well, speaking, speaking of shows and weeks, this is actually this is unofficially Sawmill Week. Actually, last week was Sawmill Week, too, but, you know, it's Shark Week on we're Discovery con- Channel. We continue on Sawmill Week, though. Right, yeah. so it's Sawmill Week Part 2. There we go. There we go. And people that don't know who Sawmill is, Sawmill, Aaron Hoover, uh, affectionately known as Sawmill, was on our show a few, I guess a few weeks ago to talk about the softball team. Yeah, it's probably been about eight episodes now. In Sawmill. Eight episodes ago now, excuse me. Been with the company for like ten years, and he's actually going home, moving back home, so this was our tribute to sawmill because those people that it's tough to describe sawmill to people don't know him he's just he's really cool like he's just laid laid back he is as laid back as they come he's from from virginia, virginia. kind of uh-huh. upstate virginia yep. roanoke i think area yeah. uh, actually further north than that no i think it's close to roanoke okay close to roanoke and he is as laid back as they come but man is he witty he's he's, he's very funny very witty and uh good old southern boy yeah somebody's gonna be he's gonna be missed around this shop he brought a lot to the shop in, in terms of personality and and you know, I know for me personally, every time I'd come in, I'd swing by the parts room window and, mm-hmm. and saw him. What up? are you doing in here? You know, and, and give him a hard time, whether it was whatever it was about, whether it was racing stuff or football or, or you name it. He's a big Redskins fan. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we're, we're drawing the numbers back even in the shop now. Now maybe if we can replace him with a Broncos fan, <laughs> I'll get a little bit of help out there. I think you're the only Broncos fan we have in the shop. I feel confident in that. And yeah. that's that's kind of a good thing though, because you want to be you want to own your team. Although there's some camaraderie when it comes to liking the same team. Right. Well, and if there was anybody else wearing an orange hat around every day, you wouldn't be able to pick me out of a crowd. So that's a good point. That's a very good point. There we go. But the cool thing about Sawmill is he's actually done pretty much almost every job there is to do in this company, aside from working in the front office. Yes, because he was on the road when I first came here. He was on the road. Yeah, and he, was and he had come off the stuff, road yeah. right there. That year was kind of his last year traveling on the road, and and went more into the parts department, and done has done a great job. You know, in my time here, he's he's been spot on with everything. You never hear of any uh, any issues come out of the parts area, and uh, not at know, all. Certainly, does his job well. 
Somebody, it's gonna be missed. And oh, you gonna cry? You want a tissue? Nah, I'll be okay. Well, we know it's just a phone call away, but the the best thing I can say about Sawmill is everyone likes them. They do. I mean, how many places have you been? There's obviously not everyone's gonna like you. There's people that's not gonna like you. But Sawmill, everyone has something good to say about Sawmill. So I wish I could say the same. About I was gonna say, Heath, if you were to, if your last day was to be tomorrow <laughs> and you were to move back to Pennsylvania, what do you think? Like, how would your I don't want to call it eulogy, but how, what do we call it when somebody leaves the company? How would your going away? Uh, yeah, how would your exit interview read? Would everybody like you? Would everybody hate you? <laughs> to be honest with you, I can pretty much tell you how this this would go. I, w- I would like it. I'd, I'd say uh, Heath was an all right Actually, guy. I don't think anyone would know I was gone <laughs> until something <laughs> didn't get done. And then they're like, what the heck? That's Heath's job. Oh, he moved home two weeks ago. Oh, okay. son <laughs> of a gun. <laughs> That's how I see that going. And I'm okay with that because, as you know, I like to fly under the radar. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's bring Sawmill in here and talk to Sawmill here before he uh, heads out of town. Sawmill has been with us for 10 years. Is that right? Yes, sir. And this is actually uh, his last week with the company. He is going back home to Virginia. Yes, sir. Moving back. Yep. Spend more time with the family. Got a new job opportunity up there. Yep. Yep. We're sad to see you go. I will say this. Sawmill, we spent a lot of time together on the road, and Sawmill is one of the good guys. He truly is. We do what we can, man. But Samuel, obviously, I said he's been here for 10 years. And try, try to take us back real quick, briefly, and tell us how you actually came to be here. Because you started when we were still a Hooters Pro Cup team. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, we just bought uh, three Hooters Pro Cup cars. And at the time, the shop was over on Dale's property. Right. Over there in Dirty Mo Acres. And the garage is now called the Dirty Dome. The Dirty Dome. Yep. Um, let's see. How many employees did y'all have when you started? It was me. Mark McFarlane, his cousin Travis, uh, Hovis was PR. David Hovis, yeah. yeah. Um, Can't believe you need a PR guy for the late model or for the Hooters Pro Cup team. Yeah, and uh, Jefferson Hodges was the uh, crew chief, and we had Willie as the team manager. Willie Jackson. Yes, sir, Action Jackson. And how were those early days? <laughs> I, we, we put in a lot of work, man. Did, oh. did they just hire you to come do that, or did you did you well, know somebody? I knew Mark okay. from back home in Virginia. His dad and my dad did business uh, through the sawmill business. Hence and the name Sawmill. <laughs> Indeed. And actually, Mark was the one that gave me that nickname. Was he? Yep. Actually, well, Mark gave me that nickname because that's what Willie called me. Sawmill. <laughs> so, yeah. started with Willie and Mark. And um, I moved down here in 2004, um, left home. uh Long story short, went to uh, James Madison University. JMU. Yeah, and um, didn't really, I don't know, college just wasn't my thing because we were still racing go-karts at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started out racing carts when I was 12 and um, finished when I was about, I don't know, right around 19, 18, 19. Okay. Track shut down, and, you know, we were just kind of running out of money and all that stuff so it's like now what now yeah. what scenario and then uh i caught word that mark was down here racing so i came down here um went to the uh went to the tech school right over here and um went into that got up with mark and asked him you know hey you need you guys need a hand and he's like well you know i just got on a deal over here at, you know driving for dale and uh, he's like just sit tight uh, there isn't very many of us, but I'll see what I can do for you. And he invited me over to the shop on a, I think it might have been a Sunday. And and there was, I think, 
three brand new Hooters Pro Cup cars, and he said we're going to go racing Hooters Pro Cup. And he's like, you can come in. Um, about we started about I don't know seven thirty in the morning, uh-huh. and I did that from seven thirty till about twelve, and then went to school from like two to eight thirty at night, and then do it all over again. That's a busy schedule, Samuel. Yeah. Yep. But you were doing what you love. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just um, that's part of it. Everyone comes down here in some capacity. Most most of the mechanics, at least that I know of, uh, have that dream of working in the sport. And I don't know if you had that dream, but somehow it just yeah. kind of works out. Yeah, I kind of um, you know, just didn't really know what to expect. Um, I just wanted to go down here and I just wanted to see if I could get in the foot door and racing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, came down, swept floors for about a year, and they took me to the track. They didn't even pay me. Yeah, you were volunteering. Yeah, volunteering for like almost a whole year and um you know that's pretty rough it rough is. living man it really is but uh, sacrifice you gotta you make oh you know. and that's one thing you know a lot of people you know don't really realize is you make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. to work in this sport you do all it's, the way it's all across the board man you know whether it's it's like moving across the country or moving down here like you did and then just volunteering you know mm-hmm. to get i mean there's the thing a lot of people want to work in racing a lot of people like you said they don't understand the commitment and the time that goes into that, you can't. Uh, and a lot you of you can't too, just like, walk in the door and get it. Right. It, we don't advertise jobs on on Craigslist or in the paper or anything like that. Um, and to be honest with you, and I know for a fact because this was part of my journey here, is you can't. We get a lot of resumes from people that want to work here, but if you're if you're not in the area, um, it's tough to take someone seriously. You know, it really is. And I hate yep. to say that's that's just the way it goes, but. Regardless, Mark brought you here. Yep, he brought me here, and uh, like I said, worked for free for about a year. They took me to the racetrack uh, every Saturday. We would, you know, we'd leave very early in the morning or real late, you know, real late Friday night. And um, short track race, short track racing, man. You just show up, park the holler, drop the gate, and practice, yeah. qualify, and race in the same day, man. And um, then you wouldn't get home till you know one, two o'clock in the morning, and then you know use Sunday to rest up you can yeah yeah and then get ready to get everything tore down on monday and did that um and then uh, let's see steve crisp came to me when i was graduating from over here and said we got a lot of big things coming down the pipeline we're going to go bush racing uh-huh. with mark yeah and um, with the navy deal yeah yep. and uh it was right in around october when i graduated and stacy you know Mm-hmm. Got all my paperwork out here and signed me on. And um, then next thing you know, here then comes a uh, old Menards car mm-hmm. from uh, over at DEI. Yeah. And it was chassis number, uh, I think it was 010. It was a car that Menard used to sit on the pole at Michigan. Nice. Stripped that car down, um, went through everything, bought all the pieces, went testing with it in Homestead. And then the next two weeks we spent time when we got back from the test just fine-tuning everything just making sure that it would make the race yeah that's all you because we, that, that, we had no choice but to go down there and make the show mm-hmm. and this was daytona uh no actually homestead homestead 2005 Five. okay yep. homestead 2005 so um we got everything ready to go and um went down to daytona a few weeks later man and uh qualified i think it was 22nd i'm gonna check the stat but okay I think it was 22nd uh-huh and uh, you know we ran, you know we ran decent. You know our goal was just to make laps and um, you know put on a decent show for the Navy and 
then the next year, man, we're buying cars from RCR <laughs> left and right, brand you know, a couple brand new chassis here and there, and moved everything over to Mazeppa Park. It snowballed. Oh man, that. it oh, really did, dude. It was like literally watching the ball start at the top of the mountain just come on down. Mm -hmm. And the the cool thing about Sawmill's perspective is you have kind of you were you got in the door when the company had just started, mm -hmm. and so you have really seen the progression from from the McFarland days and Navy days to the Brad Kozlowski days to Cole Danica. Our awesome year last year where we won, you know, a record amount of races for the company. And this year, you know, we're, we're trying to get that back. So you've really yep. been been in the thick of it all from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, man. And you're one of the few people that can say that. I think there's maybe a handful of employees that have actually been here as long as you. Yeah, I think Kelly said the other day there's like five left now. Yeah. I think Topher's probably one. You. Yep. Danny Jr.? No. Uh, well, sort of. Danny Jr. came over in the new building. Okay. Um. But there's from the old building, from what I can count, is uh, Robert G. Topher, myself, Phil, Edgar in the mm -hmm. Fab Shop, um, and then some some office staff upstairs. Yeah, too, and then you got Willie, and um, you know, really, that's that's it. That's about it. And Dick Doucet in the machine shop. Yeah. So I guess let me ask you this: seeing all that you have seen, what's what's the biggest thing you'll take away? Like when you in in a few years, when you look back on your time here. And you're going to think, wow, 10 years, that went really fast. But um, when you look back, what's the biggest thing you're going to take away? The biggest thing. Um, and what could you tell our listeners if you had to sum up your experience here at Junior Motorsports? <laughs> Knowing a lot of them would love to have the experience <laughs> that you have yeah. had. Uh, started just starting all the way from the bottom, man, and getting there. Yeah. You know? You've really done a lot of different jobs for the company. Oh, my God. I did. The Hooters team, and then, then you did, uh, I guess, you know, you started sweeping the floors, like you said. But then you did the shop. Um, you worked on the shop. You worked at the parts counter. Yeah, went we on sent, the road. We sent you back on the road. You were a mechanic for the Cole Custer days, interior mechanic. Cole Witt. Cole Witt, what did yeah. I say? Cole Custer. <laughs> <laughs> Cole. Too many. You're thinking Cole Custer because he's upcoming. Too and many that's Cole. another thing, man, is like just seeing us at a truck team. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Wild, man. You know, and then a couple years ago, we were just a two-car operation. Then we jumped to three. Now we got a truck. We, yeah. we were a two-car operation. Not sure if we'd be a two-car operation. That's a good point. You know, yeah, there was there was a lot of question marks. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're we're lucky to be in a position as an Xfinity team that we can actually we have um, you know stuff that is, is spread out over the course of years as opposed to most most of the time an Xfinity team is a year to year basis with yep. with sponsors. You know, you race for one year, hopefully you resign them the next year, and so on and so forth. But we've been lucky to uh, maintain some of those relationships. But my sawmill story, here's <laughs> I got a couple of sawmill stories because <laughs> sawmill uh, obviously we work together on the road. Um, I was traveling full-time PR, and Sawmill and I on the flight back, Sawmill had this little DVD player, <laughs> and we'd always watch on the flight back, we'd sit next to each other, and we'd always watch uh, Eastbound and Down. Yes, sir. We'd sit there after the race, and we'd laugh our asses off at that <laughs> Kitty Powers, baby. <laughs> man, that was awesome. Yeah, My man. other Sawmill story, obviously everyone uh, everyone knows by at this point, you're a huge Redskins fan. Dowd. Um, Which is great, because I'll give Sawmill this, I'm not a Redskins fan, but a guy that sticks with his team, thick and thin all the time man. kudos to you i Thank cannot you. imagine <laughs> being a redskins fan and being as frustrated as y'all are man it's tough and actually sawmill has been and this is part of my story you went to uh i think it was a monday night game with dale jr yeah well yeah well it was um i think it was a thursday thursday night preseason game with dale sat in the president's box yeah got to meet dan snyder and, but here's uh, here's the funny part joe theisman as well. well that's awesome yeah so we're sitting there, and this is the, watching an interview for with Dale Jr. that they had taped and they had <laughs> re-ran. This is so funny. This is so sawmill. Um, and Dale, Dale Jr. sitting there, I think he was interviewing with 
was he with Dan Snyder at the time? He was interviewing. Uh, with, it was like Redskins.com. Yeah. And I think it was him and Dan Snyder and in the presence box. Anyways, yeah. I, I could have that mistaken. But regardless, there's a door behind Dale Jr. and the door is shut. In the middle of this interview, the door is shut. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> the door swings open and there's Sawmill, who's already probably had a few, one too many beers, double fisting some beer. Yeah, and he stumbles into the <laughs> interview, and, looks, and w- at what point did you realize you just busted up in the middle of that interview? Oh, right when I was like <laughs> come through the door because I'm like, holy crap, you know, <laughs> we're in the owner's suite. We're <laughs> and like where they did the interview was actually um, where they have all the uh, like the high rollers, like the club members. It's like a private bar and everything, big time. Walked in there, dude. I'm the, well, I may be like the only person in there other than the people working, just people waiting to see if. You know, who shows up? It's a preseason game. Nobody's yeah. going to show up. So I, like, had to bar to myself. And, I, and, like, you know, Dale's like, man, he's like, just enjoy yourself. He's like, we're going to go do some TV stuff. And I'm just like, all right, I, I can do that. Set to the bar. I can enjoy myself at a bar, yeah. yeah. You know, had me a beer, got that one down, grabbed my second one, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably ought to, you know what, I better stick close to Dale because I might get lost and, you know, <laughs> get in trouble. So um, I walk in there, and I open the door, and then there's Dale. He's talking to Larry Michael. That's yeah. who it is. Yep. Larry Michael from uh, Redskins.com, Redskins TV. And um, he's sitting there talking to Larry, and, like, I open the door, and I hear him talking, and I'm like, oh, there's <laughs> there's the TV. So then I, like, close it, and I get back over there to where Amy, uh, his PR guy was at the time. And uh, I was like, that's cool. And then I'm just, like, out there, you know, I can hear them talking in the background. And I'm just, like, looking over here, just watching, like, Watching like RG three, it was with an yeah. RG three rookie season, man. I'm just That's sitting there watching, him, oh, watching him throw bombs and, you know, watching all the guys like, you know, practice and you were in heaven. get their pregame warm up. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, dude, I could just stand here all yeah. day. And then, uh, then we go over to the owner suite, man. Dan Snyder, you know, walks us down there and he's like shaking our hands and he's talking to Dale. And I'm just in the back hanging out. I'm like, you ain't got to talk to me, Dan. But you know, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> And we're sitting there walking, dude, and it's just like a slew of food, man. I mean, just anything you could think of, man. They had, like, you know, pot roast, ribs, burgers, dogs, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Man. Just, like, gourmet stuff. And he had, like, a private bar, huge sitting area, TVs. We went into, like, um, went into where he sits. There's, like, a private room he has. And he's Secret just... Secret room. And he the sits president. there. He just, and it's uh, him and... um. Bruce Allen, the VP, and they're just sitting there, and they both light up cigars. They start drinking uh, bourbon. I'm like, man, I'm just going to enjoy this, man, just sit here. And they're, like, talking about, you know, all their draft picks that year, which was, like, Griffin. And uh, they're like, we're going to watch this guy that we got in the sixth round tonight. We're going to start him. He's Alfred Morris, Mm -hmm. running back. And I'm like, cool, I'll keep my eyes out. Well, like, that whole year, man, you know, Alfred made it all the way through the cuts, and I'm like, Nah, this guy might be our back, and now he's, you know, last year he had 1,700 yards rushing. I know from fantasy football how many yards he had. Yeah. <laughs> and Sawmill's also been on our fantasy in our fantasy football league for, like, ever. Yep, don't so kick me out. I'll I know, that's, that's why I talked to you the other day, and he, that's the first thing he said. He's like, make sure y'all don't throw me out of the fantasy football league. It is stipulation you have to work here, but I think that you get a free pass since you've I think worked so. here longer because than I am, anybody I am, else. I am going to try to make uh, time in my schedule to come down and get my four games of softball in so that way I can make the – Make the uh, fall playoffs. That's how dedicated I am. You really place. are. But the cool thing about it is your brother's still down here, so we won't have. Yep. You get a place to stay when you come down. 
So yeah, we don't expect you to go too far, but you're going back home. You're probably going to be married here in the next couple years. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, Mrs. Sawmill. Yeah, Mrs. Mill. Uh, <laughs> you know, the future Mrs. Mill. She, I haven't, I haven't uh, asked her yet, but we're definitely uh, working we're on definitely it. We're definitely working on heading down that path and see where it takes us. I think it will be uh, be good. i got a lot of big things in the future. Bright future ahead still. And new and exciting stuff for you. Yeah, man. New and exciting stuff. Like I said, man, I'm just you know, been real fortunate to be here, know all you guys, know you, Heath, and um, just being a part of all this, man, has just been really cool. This is just, like, my second family. Like, Sonny and Stacy's like, my second set of parents. Yeah. I'm going to miss Stacy. I'm going to yeah. miss Stacy for sure because, you know, she treated me like a son, and I feel like she was like my mom, dude. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, we we still we're obviously growing, but we still have about you know somewhere a hundred or so employees. So it's still a very small company. Everyone knows everyone, so it does often feel like like a family. And everyone takes care of everybody. Yeah, man, you know, that's the way it goes around here. Yeah, there's a lot of us that hang out with each other outside of work. So like the softball team, a lot of yeah. extracurricular stuff. So, well, Salmo, we wish you the best of luck, man. Thanks for coming on. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It really has. Heath, I've enjoyed it, buddy. Uh, let me ask you this. Is it going to be weird sitting at home watching us on TV, watching the race on TV? Yeah. You know, Because I'll be, I'll be sitting there, and I'll be like, what are Heath's thinking during <laughs> this race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be somewhere writing a race report. Don't you worry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'll miss the race reports. Remember, I'll, I'll miss calling you and be like, hey, man, little, <laughs> little, stat, a little <laughs> stat action here. Some would always call us out. You know, the competition department is hell-bent. <laughs> on any any error, any factual error, any grammatical error that comes out of the PR department, which we like to say that's few and far between, but it does happen. The competition department loves to call us out on it. <laughs> In fact, I, let me tell this story. Y'all were testing the other week. Mm -hmm. Where were y'all testing at with Ben? Chicago. Uh, no, well, it was a road course. Uh, road of Road America. Yes. Oh no, it was uh, oh, Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio. There we go. Yep. Mid Ohio. Let's how's this for a story. I get a call from none other than our director of competition, Ryan Pemberton, mm -hmm. to tell me that something was wrong in one of our previews. <laughs> uh, we had a date wrong. Oh, I was like, "Aren't you guys testing today?" <laughs> hey, man, they they set up when when they have when they set up there with those hollers going over data, they'll check their emails, man. But you know what? Bet on that. We're polite because when y'all make mistakes, we don't we don't jump on you. No, it's just probably like that would just add more fuel to the fire <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, yeah. you know, some days you yeah. know <laughs> but it's been fun sawmill best of luck like i said thanks for coming on we will dude. we know you're not going too far so nope i'll be here i'll be, be good i'll be right around the corner man y'all right. just call and you know send the bat signal out and we'll make sure we'll wear you out about the redskins uh schedule this year I, uh, <laughs> you know we got it we got a pretty decent schedule it's going to be tough we face off against the fins RG3 is still going to start? He'll be starting, man. He's. I, I think this is the this is the turnaround for sure. Uh, you better hope it is. I know, man. Because it's, it's not. I have too many. I have too many. Uh, too many autographed uh, Griffin jerseys that <laughs> I've gotten. You guys, I, when I think back to what y'all did to get him, it, it blows it, my mind. It's, that's the th and that's the thing is like you know there's we have no other choice but to start. It over. could you know it could have worked. It could have went either way. It still could. You never know. It it will. It'll it'll go. It'll it's going to go in a positive direction. He's getting a lot of a uh, lot of good vibes from uh, the coaches and all the off-season critics are actually not really getting on him. Getting on him. Well, we will watch and see. All right, Regan. So this week we uh, coming off of Daytona, we're gonna turn around and head out to Kentucky. Uh, three cars this week. Again. Man, I'm glad we're going to Kentucky. I never thought I'd say I'm glad to get out of Daytona and go to Kentucky, but I'm glad. Yeah, a mile and a half track. Yep. 
which you have performed. I know we're not going to get into stats, but you performed well in Mount Hassan. We have, we have, yeah. I think you know Chicago was the only disappointing one we've had this year so far, and, and we had some speed there. It just didn't translate to the end of the race. But uh, Kentucky is, uh, it's going to be an interesting one this weekend. You got, you got a lot of things going on. Aside from the Xfinity series, you got the Cup series with their special rules package. Um, be getting on the track on Wednesday. Be mm -hmm. curious to see and, and hear the response and the reaction from the drivers of that package. Uh, and then, naturally, Kentucky, one of the roughest tracks we go to. So you're going to hear. Say, that place is bumpy. You're going to hear across all three series, every driver complaining about the bumps, complaining about how rough it is. It's it's weird because we we want character. You know, we all say, yeah, we want character in racetracks and don't pave them and keep them rough and keep them, you know, to where they don't they don't have grip. This that and the other. Then we go to Kentucky, which is the roughest that we go to, and we say, oh. No, this too is too rough. rough. <laughs> you know, we don't like this. So, I, you know, I guess you knock we, your feelings out. Yeah, we, we put them in a box of, uh, you know, of like, oh, well, wh which way do we go with this? I think the one thing that aggravates most of the drivers, myself included, at Kentucky is the straightaways are so rough. The front straightaway in particular is, it, I mean, you catch air at yeah. certain points on that straightaway, and that's why we've actually seen big wrecks happen at the start finish line there, which is unheard of at mile and a half racetracks. That's not an area you would ever expect or, or think you would see a wreck. The bumps kind of induce some of that and cause some of that. So, uh, you know, we'll look for that to still be a storyline going back there this time. There's a bump off of turn four as well where the cars spark and really get, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say airborne, but they, they do a lot of things they probably don't need to be doing. And we test the limitations of, of the race cars and of the parts and pieces that we manufacture at that place because of the violence of some of those bumps. I know we broke, with the seven car, we broke apart there um, three years ago that we didn't even really think should be that closer that edgy yeah and it and it broke and you know as soon as it happened we knew what had happened and, and had to fix it but uh look for look for that to be the story all weekend long and and uh you know look for everybody to complain complain about those and uh it's it, kentucky is weird in the sense that it's an old track it's wore out for whatever reason the tires don't wear out there like you would expect on a flat mile and a half racetrack the the asphalt still seems to be really gripped up um, even though it's gray and it looks worn out, it doesn't put down any dark rubber um, like some of the other places do. And, and I don't know if that's a tire compound thing or if that's, you know, what causes that. I know we have to take a, a pretty durable tire there because of the bumps. So uh, uh, they, they said uh, when Xfinity went there last year for the second race, they said, oh, we fixed the start-finish line area, we ground it. So all the cup teams were curious and asking right. questions and, and got a lot of feedback from the other side, like, hey, what would you guys think about the, the bumps? Were they better? And my response to it was, if they fixed the bumps, I couldn't find where they fixed them <laughs> because it was just, just as bad, bad. And, and I didn't think it had changed. And I heard those same rumblings earlier this week, um, you know, throughout the shop, like, oh, yeah, I think they, they, you know, somebody said they ground on the bumps and worked on the bumps. And, and I'm sure that's just going back to the last time where they said they did as well. And it's just since Cup hadn't been back there, it's kind of carryover. So I don't, I don't expect it to be any different. Yeah, we actually have uh, – it's interesting to hear the perspective because I would think that's a place that you get out of the car. You probably have a headache. Yeah, well, I mean – And maybe for more, race more reasons than I was going to say, race cars are pretty loud anyway, <laughs> so you might get a headache from the noise. And yeah. You know, sometimes they're hot. And I had a crew chief one time. I'd, quick story here. This is <laughs> off base of Kentucky a little that's bit. That's okay. But I came on the radio, and I'm like – and my cool box had stopped working or something like that. So I wasn't getting any fresh air. It was in the middle of summer. And, Pretty and miserable. It was hot yeah. in the race car. I don't remember being that hot. Like, my feet were burning up. Everything was hot. I came on the radio, and I'm like, man, this is the hottest race car I've ever been in. The crew chief clicks on the radio. And if you could picture – I can picture the guy sitting up on the top of the pit box. He clicks on the radio, and he says, 
Yep, I bet it's loud too. Keep driving. <laughs> that was it. It was like the most perfect no, response of all time. I had no no comeback for him. Yeah. Yeah, you know me, I'll have a comeback for everything, everything, even if I'm just dropping some profanity lace tirades or something. And uh, I had no comeback for him. I'm like, yeah, it's loud too. You're right. I'll give that guy credit. It's tough to render Regan speechless. It, he got me there. He I got was, you. Uh, I was I was putting my place on that day. <laughs> but we're good at getting sidetracked around here, so we're always open to any story that you have to offer us. Yeah, uh, that one just came to me. It was like just it was meant to be placed into the show right there. But you have a new teammate. Well, I shouldn't say a new teammate. Um, actually, let me let me take a step back. We have a new old teammate. A new old teammate. But we also won this race last year with one Kevin Harvick. I forgot about that. Kevin did, did win this race last year. Yes, yes. But he got to the end of the race, and uh, I think he restarted, what, third or something and made a yeah. good move to get up to the front. And once he got up front, it was, what, five laps shootout at the end, and he was Just able to hold him off. Hold him off. It, it's tough. But Harvest one of those guys, like, you, you get him in contention, he can make it happen. Yeah, he does He does really well in those last last lap shootouts because he had struggled a little bit throughout the night, wasn't, you know, as happy as he probably wanted to be with the car, and, and he got it up front there. And, and he's like a bulldog when he gets up front. He's just, you know, he's going to be tough to wrestle it away yeah. from him. Where Harvick's one of those guys, if he gets his foot on your throat, he will step down. You know? you got to have that mentality. Are you one of those guys, Heath? Would you step down? It depends on the situation. Oh, okay. I'm a nice guy. What situations would render you stepping down on one's throat? I do have to I do have to crack some skulls upstairs from time to time. Don't I first name? He does. <laughs> he does a good Here's job some screams it, coming out of his office over there. Sometimes they're, they're screams at me. They're a little high pitched, but other than that, I it's don't, okay. I don't like to do it very often. Yes, I do have a, like a Seinfeld like voice when I get angry and I yell. It, my voice just gets higher. Heath so goes in and out of puberty <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that happens every day, but that's all right. Anyways, we've got Dale Jr. as your teammate this week back in the 88 car, and this is actually going to be his first Xfinity Series start in Kentucky. Believe it or not. And it's his last Xfinity start for the year. I was surprised when uh, Kentucky was one that popped up on his schedule. I said, wow. I, I, I remember asking him, like, Kentucky, huh? He's like, yeah, why not? We'll try something different. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good to have him in one of the cars uh, and that's the uh, this Hellman's, weekend. That's the Hellman's car this He's week. in the Hellman's car this weekend. I believe that uh, I'm in the Great Clips. Great Clips car this weekend and got the Napa car for Chase, as always. Um, it, it'll be good to have him out there. And uh, the last time he ran was Texas, and he beat me. And right after the race, he reminded me of that. So, <laughs> have that conversation. You go. really want to, <laughs> you really want to beat the boss when he races, so that you don't have to hear about it for, in this situation, until next year, sometime when he runs again. You want those bragging rights so that you can remind him, like, hey, remember Kentucky when I drove by you? Mm. Yeah. Or when I was ahead of you and you couldn't catch me, whatever it might be. So, uh, always good when he runs, and and uh, you know, I know we got sponsors that really appreciate him doing some races, and, and partners here that appreciate that, and. Uh, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to race them. Yeah, it's part of it. Uh, you can actually that's and it's interesting. This is gonna be another under the lights race for us this week. Uh, it's gonna be Friday night, and uh, NBC Sports Network is gonna have that broadcast at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and the radio uh, affiliate PRN and Sirius will have that at 7 o'clock on Channel 90. So don't miss any of the action. We'll see if Regan can. Uh, Step up his game a little bit this week. We need to. <laughs> we need to. Yeah. We. I was wording that I carefully. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I was well, <laughs> and I have a pen in my hand that I figured could be like a dagger if it needed to be. So I was, I was listening to you to hear that very nicely. And uh, you know, disappointing week coming off of Daytona. That's a place where we expect to win and, and mm -hmm. we expect to be up front. And really, we never got any of the three cars up front like we wanted to. And and that race played out a little bit weird as well. That it was it tough. seemed like the qualifying was more important than it's ever been there. The guys that qualified good stayed up there until all the wrecks started happening. Unfortunately, when the wrecks started happening, we got swept up in the very first one. And, um, you know, I, th I thought we had a, 
a good run. I thought we were in good position. I got hooked up with the 88 car on the second to last restart, and we were ma we were making some steam on the outside. Yeah, and, and which was tough to do up to that point. The, the outside, outside had not, not working. Yeah, we were we were probably the first two that really made that third groove work, and unfortunately somebody saw that and they they peeled up in front of us and uh, it just killed all our momentum and we had to work hard to get the momentum back going with that line and you know you get almost back up there almost where you think you can clear them and somebody else jumps up there yeah. so uh, it's like it being on the highway right first name it it's really the closest is thing yeah. we've got. It's someone cuts you off it was like, like it was like driving home from daytona <laughs> and getting to the 95 26 interchange and anybody that's ever made that drive yeah. knows how miserable that interchange is and it uh, you know it jammed up and you pick the left lane and you're like oh yeah this one's gonna go and it'll go for 100 feet and then it'll stop then the right lane just buzzing by your cars you're like that's where i need to be yeah so then you jump over <laughs> there and then that one stops but uh Dis disappointing day, but uh, overall for, for Junior Motorsports, ended up being a good day with a third and fourth for the nine and the 88 cars. And, uh, you know, I think all three of us were caught up in wrecks right. at one point or another, and uh, they were just fortunate enough circumstances allowed them to, to still be up there at the end of the race. And the nine even took damage in one of those wrecks. He got yeah, I think the last wreck he damage. took some damage yeah. on the splitter. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't get to see any good shots of really either of the wrecks yet, to be perfectly honest. But uh, I, I know what happened in my windshield and in my head and uh, – you know, it, it's such a crapshoot when they actually start popping off and, and crashing like that. Uh, you know, sometimes you miss it, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's better to be uh, lucky than good in those situations, right? I would gladly take lucky over good in those situations, absolutely. But we'll move on. It's still a long year. Um, and this is actually uh, – uh, you're going to take us into hot laps here, aren't you, first name? I am. So if you're going to voice any displeasure with anything, now is going to be now the time. Now is the time. Let's hear if it, uh, you got through it good last week. Did I? Yeah. yeah I feel I like you, I feel like again. you knocked it out of the park. No pressure, but we are sitting here listening, reading with you. Watching and listening. Well, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's time for K1 Speed Hot Laps. K1 Speed is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center with 27 locations nationwide. There's bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today to find a location near you. That was good. Flying pen, and you even missed it. That was, that was impressive. That should be your new tradition. Every time First Name does that read, we should just throw stuff at him and see how, how well he, get, he does it and It'll get through. Stay the course. We'll end up with, like, confetti and stuff coming <laughs> out in here. We'll come in with, hey. like, little, little smoke bombs or yeah. something, set him off as he's reading. Paintballs. We've got footballs and uh, some golf balls upstairs we can throw at him. That might hurt. I'm a little fearful of the computer that he's sitting behind, but... Oh, that's okay. IG will take care of that. Problem, yeah. Well, and he's had two vacations in the past. He's had three weeks of vacation in four weeks, so yeah. he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably be, be in a good... He should be in a good mood when he gets we back. We should give him work to do when he gets back. His bird's still upstairs squawking like crazy. Is it really? The, the bird oh, yeah. is still here? We have every, found the bird, and the bird's yeah. here. Every morning I come in and go up the stairwell, I hear that bird, and it oh. is 30 yards away from me when I walk in. <laughs> you know? Heath's going to buy a bird for home now. No bird. No birds. He okay. wonders why everyone ducks when that bird flies around. I'm like, Martin, it's instinctual. Like, when cavemen were walking around the earth and big pterodactyls were flying around, they were ducking. You know, you <laughs> have a bird fly at your head and not duck. Try not to duck, I dare you. I have a hard time envisioning cavemen and pterodactyls. Why? Because I didn't think that the cavemen were around when, when the dinosaurs were here. I'm not sure what age <laughs> we're talking about, Regan, but it was just for perspective. I watched the movie Jurassic Park <laughs> the other night. What, the old one? I no, actually watched number three. Uh, that what they all suck. The first one was the best. Why you gotta be such a hater? Maybe this should be your K1 speed hot lap. Y'all haven't seen Jurassic World yet? No, I heard that's horrible. I heard it wasn't bad. I thought it was awesome. 
I, I, we almost went and saw that when we were talking earlier about movies and stuff. Megan and I almost went and saw that, and we went and saw Ted 2 instead. Did you see Ted 2? We did go see Ted 2. <laughs> How was that? They offended everybody <laughs> and held nothing back. Yeah, you know, they're, like they're pretty good at that. Ted, the Ted movies, I'll say this, political correctness does Out not exist, window. and it's kind of refreshing. It really is. And when you can go somewhere and enjoy a movie just because it's funny mm-hmm. and the, the whole PC thing is, yep. is out the window. It's like he, ma- he makes a job of uh, trying to offend people, but it's it's a Ted movie. Like How can you get mad at a teddy bear exactly. for offending people? You exactly. can't. What are you going to I mean, you know, there was some argument in the movie about whether he's a person or not, but I think he was a person, so I'm okay with the it. The genius of Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to Hot Laps. First thing, why don't you, why don't you start us off? All so right. Have, what, what NBA story are you going to talk about today? Not an NBA story. I'm actually a big fan of running. I r- try to run just about every day. I'm not like great at it. I'm not like Landon Castle running marathons just whenever I feel like it. But I would like to complete a marathon one day, and one of the big ones, and I started to finally do some research to plan a long-term goal over a few years. I did not know how many restrictions were on having to qualify for a marathon, and that like 90% of the people don't even meet their qualifying time in the marathon, and it's looking pretty daunting right now. I don't know if I'll be able to be able to do it. I want to talk about uh, race fans, and in particular the fans that stuck it out on Sunday night at, uh, at Daytona. Uh, if there was ever any doubt in my mind about race fans being the greatest, I've always felt like that they are. Uh, you can watch those stands, and at 3 in the morning, there was still, however many tickets they sold for that, those people were still sitting there in the stands. At 11 o'clock when the race started, the stands were packed. They were full. Um, I know a lot of things happened at the end of that race. Fortunately, everybody's okay, but the fans stayed in, watched that race, and we really appreciate them. Well said. Very well said, Regan. All right, I'm going to respond to both of y'all. First off, there's a girl upstairs that you need to talk to about running marathons if you need some help, and that's Tiff Daniels because she's pretty awesome at it. Also, I would suggest by not starting your morning uh, drinking soda. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you can't talk. Um, secondly, I want to throw out the idea of what about Daytona, or I'm sure to say NASCAR, and I know we've gone down this road before. What about them racing a Daytona race at 11 a.m.? What about that instead of these night races? It's like every time we go to a night race in Daytona, we know there's going to be rain involved. Um, so maybe it should be a thing. Ah, got me. Get out of here. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> That's all I got. I, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more uh, discussion, so many different theories. discussion about that 11 o'clock thing. And, and we do know that around 4 or 5 o'clock, the storms pop up there. Sometimes they sit there all day. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that there's a good answer for it because 11 o'clock at Daytona is, you know, we can deal with it in the race cars. It's very steamy for the fans to be sitting up in the stands from I 11 until about 2. the humidity was there. It was like 96%. Oh, it's astronomical, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a good solution or a good answer for it. There was reasons for that race to be when it was this year, the way that the 4th of July right. fell, first day with the first race with a new TV partner and, and wanting to try and capitalize on yep. primetime TV. A lot of factors In theory, there. 8 o'clock on Sunday night should have been one of the coolest things that ever happened. Unfortunately, it didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, because by that time, the soccer match was over. Right, soccer match was over. Everything should have laid right out about perfectly for that. You also can't plan on the United States making it. When they scheduled that race last yeah, year, you don't I'm sure they didn't sit there and say, oh, well, what if the U.S. makes it to the World Cup final? Because there's so many unknowns in that as well. Um, y- you know, I've, I don't know that there's an easy, simple answer to any of that stuff. I know, uh, you know, I know. It obviously didn't work out this time, and, and it was uh, it was tough on the teams, tough on the fans. 
tough on everybody. I had to stay up till three o'clock, and I was grouchy on Monday. So no one likes you grouchy. Either. Yeah, I mean that was that was just brutal. And let's be honest, cry me a river. You know, there's other people the with. The, I'm not grouchy all the time. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm only grouchy when I'm hungry or sleepy. Okay. Believe it or not, most so people are that way. Yeah, if you just keep me fed and keep me slept, sleep non-sleep deprived, man, I'm I'm a cupcake. So in other words, fat and happy. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's about how the world works, right? You know. So, uh, but needless to say. One more quick thing to touch on, the NBC group that was in the booth. I know Steve Letart's a good friend of, of Junior Motorsports, and uh, and I'm not saying this because of that. I thought those guys did a phenomenal job in the booth. I really enjoyed listening to Steve. I, I sat there, and I actually thought I was learning some stuff a couple times, and I'm like, holy cow. That. I thought he was getting ready to give out some, like, trade secrets from <laughs> HMS or something. like, Steve, slow down, stop, don't say that, no. And uh, it, I I was really enjoyed the broadcast. It wasn't gimmicky. It wasn't we weren't trying to do anything other than talk about racing, explain race cars in a way that we could all understand. And it was they would explain it in a technical way. They would explain it in a simple way. And uh, I'm I'm excited to watch the next race with the sound on. I, I haven't watched many races here lately and had sound on. I'll just click the mute button and yeah. listen to my scanner of the drivers and. Uh, I watched that entire race with the sound on, and uh, you know, kudos to those guys and, and uh, NBC for putting a good booth team together. Yeah, and take nothing away from what, what the other uh, broadcast affiliates do, but it's nice to have, I shouldn't say a new perspective, but a, well, I shouldn't say unique, I should say a different perspective. Sometimes you need a new, fresh perspective, right. and uh, it, you know, they did a nice job with that, and uh, the challenge for those guys will be, after you get a year or two years into their run as, as doing the commentary, is finding new you know new ways to talk about the same thing and and i know that's always tough on any of those broadcasters it it furthermore you throw them into their first race and you say hey let's do a six hour rain yeah. delay too let's on top of this hours. let's fill six hours you guys have never done this before but we're gonna make you fill six hours and see how you can do so the trial whole, by fire yeah they really they all did a nice job well good well regan best of luck this weekend again in kentucky bring us back a kentucky trophy i would love to bring back i'm gonna kentucky say that trophy. every week i'm gonna say that every week to you every week Maybe I'll happens. start growing my beard every week till I finally break this winless streak. You like a Dale Jr. beard? Well, I mean, worst case, if we don't break the winless streak this year, by the time we get to Christmas, it'll be long enough I can get a job moonlighting at a shopping mall as a Santa Claus or something. That so it'll work. be okay. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. And uh, don't forget, we'll be back at the same time, the same place next week. Well, you won't. You'll be on vacation. I won't be. You guys will be. And you'll be at a beach. Which beach? Can't tell you that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.